Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to Nerdwide Podcast, episode 40. It's a two-week jam-packed full episode of news and plenty and plenty and plenty of reviews for you. For all of everyone, if you're into our horror movies, we've got two for you this week. If you're into our What If and Titans, again, we've got two for you this week, and we also have the Shang-Chi review as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first off, I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my main man, Mr. Chris Rivers going on Tyler well the you know the one of the reasons we're going on two weeks now and hadn't recorded the episode is I'm sick I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. a sinus infection at first thought it was strep because what everyone here at the house had but with the amount of pressure I've got right here in front of my face is excruciating so if I'm quiet or more not as energized that's why trying to battle this but you yeah. know we've got Chris here and we're gonna make some fun with it how's your uh, past two weeks been yeah uh, two weeks ago it was all right. We had the, you know, we had the holiday weekend, mm-hmm. so that was good. And then at work this past week, we worked. They had us come in on one of our days off. Of course. So we we technically worked overtime, but didn't get paid for overtime. We actually got straight time pay. So yeah, that was sounds like American fun. labor. <laughs> and it was. Uh, it was tough because there was so much I was wanting to get to to watch, mm-hmm. you know, just because I had things on my mind. Like, you know, we've talked about Val mm-hmm. wanting to watch that. We've, you know, I've talked about the uh, the Hulu series with um, Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney. I've been wanting to watch that, and I need to get caught up on American Horror Story. And I just didn't have the time. Yeah, so so many things to watch. Like, I've got a list of maybe nine or ten now in my notes on my phone of TV shows and movies I want to watch. But it's just like there's been a lot going on. One with me being sick, but two with just uh, video game showcases and things like when I'm working, I don't have time to watch the things I want to watch because I want to pay attention to it. So, and we'll we'll get into that here a little bit with our TV stuff because I will just jump right into it. With TV, I tried watching Doom Patrol. I got maybe three more episodes in to season one. I'm just just not that into it. Like it's oh. it's not grabbing me, and I found myself not paying attention while I was working because I you know I'm watching and work at the same time, and I found myself not even paying attention to what was going on. Like I would sit there and be working, come back 20 minutes or like the episode end, and I'm like, I don't even know what just happened. I wasn't paying attention or something. It's just gonna, it's gonna be one of those I need to sit down and. Like pay attention to oh, it, watch, it. yeah. Because I just it's yeah. not one. It's not like a Batgirl where I can have it on. It it's not grabbing me either. So that might be part of it. But I've been watching. You know, we've watched our What If, our Titans. Um, been catching up on my Scrubs podcast because they had a live show this past Thursday. So I want to make sure I was caught up for it. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, one hundred percent caught up on. There's one episode left ever, and. Not ready for it, but it's part of They'll that. They'll do a revival in like five years. I hope so. Like that. That'd be that'd be nice because I mean they just have so much synergy. This season it feels different because they're not so, um, uh, you know, comedy centered than they are as much as they are realism. Because of it's right. it's hard to be a black cop now, but be a black cop comedy show in the COVID world we live in too. It's kind of difficult, and they're handling it really well and doing it really well. But I hate that they got picked up for one more season, 
and it's more serious than his comedy, but it's still a really good show, and I'm glad that they're doing it the way they are. And yeah, um, Big Brother, we, you know, of course, there's six episodes of that, well, three episodes a week, um, and we were behind, so we had to watch six episodes, and then Bachelor in Paradise, there's two episodes a week, so we're not even caught up on it yet. Which brings me into one of our shows that released this week was the season finale of Lucifer, or the series finale uh, season of Lucifer. Haven't even started it yet. It dropped two days ago on Friday. It's bugging the absolute nonsense out of me because I want to watch it. But I will say that about that, I heard, and this, this of course, isn't spoilery, because um, I'm a couple seasons behind on that, but I saw a post where I guess it was one of the creators said that they made sure to give pairs of characters their own scenes together. So it gave not only the characters, but the actors the opportunity to say a proper goodbye. Oh, good. In, in the series. So that you can expect that. Because I'm, I'm real worried because of how they ended season five, it it's different. I can't, I don't want to spoil anything, especially for you, for anyone else who's been listening or watching that watches Lucifer, but there's something big that happens on the finale. And I'm just kind of like, well, how do we go from, where do we go from here? And mm-hmm. especially with this being the last season, it's one of those two. I love a show so much. I don't want to watch the last season, but I really want to watch it because it is one of my favorite TV shows, but we'll get there yeah. eventually. Um, have you watched anything else other than our shows? I know with you working overtime, probably not, but no, not really. Uh-uh. So let's, let's get right. Well, oh. I watched a little football today. Oh well, yeah. Footballs. I mean, I've watched You're you're happier <laughs> to talk about your team than I am about mine. Yeah, well, I'm a Steelers fan first, Titans fan second. And of course being here in Nashville, I don't want to pay for all the NFL ticket stuff or anything. So I don't ever watch the Steelers game unless they're airing it. Uh, countrywide so I watched the Titans game and I just that was so hard to watch today like oh dear lord it was hard to watch um then watching Commodores football Vanderbilt first week two weeks ago was hard to watch last night I didn't watch because it was nine o'clock because they were in Colorado playing which we won apparently in the last 14 seconds by a kick but so they're one and one but Steelers are one and no so that's all really matters if we're going to be honest here <laughs> All right, Chris. Spoilers tag are, are spoilers tags are up for what if, and this was some fun ones. We'll start off with what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands. The fun part that was different about this episode than the what was real was he and he in a car accident in the in the Doctor Strange movie. He loses his hands. That's what drives him to find into the mystic arts. This time, um, Palmer was with him in the car ride, and she dies. And we found out it's a, um, what do they call it, a fixed point? Is that right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was something that does not change no matter what you do. He spl- essentially splits himself into two and goes down the dark mystic arts in one body. The other one is his normal one. Um, they have a big fight at the end. And this is one of the times that we hear the watcher saying, I could have intervened, but I can't. I'm the watcher, you know. And in yeah. this universe, he destroys the whole, uni- multi. I guess, this universe and the multiverse and just makes a small yeah. little crystal that is just him. Everything else is dead and dying and gone. 
And I was like, that was, I guess it's the one that's like the most dark, the most, um, I don't know, dark, realistic kind of way. But this is also our first what if with a brand new character that we've never seen before with Obang, the, the guy that was guarding the library. But everybody else yeah. was their character. Benedict Cumberbatch was back, and Rachel McAdams was back, Tilda Swinton was back. So, I mean, we had a lot, and um, I don't know if you noticed the reporter in the first, who was in, like, the scenes where they kept talking about Rachel McAdams, Christine Palmer dying, was the, Leslie Bibb was her name. She's the same uh, actress from Iron Man 1 and 2 with Robert Downey Jr. that he slept with in the first one. Same actress, they kept, they continued that going. I thought that was a really cool nod, especially to bring her back for that, too. Yeah, uh, th this one was, um, it was really, it was a fun watch. He um, he finds out that there is one way to change a fixed point. And so he goes in search of, and uh, that's where Obang comes in, because he's kind of guarding all that knowledge. But I'm still... I. I bring it up every time we talk about an episode. I'm still blown away by the animation of mm -hmm. the show. It's phenomenal, and it was even more so in the in the in the next episode. Yeah, I was about to say same uh, thing. But it's I'm liking what they're doing. They're having to pick and choose on a lot of these because they're wanting they're wanting people to have familiarity with the episodes, right? Because there's a lot of what ifs that were done in the comics that were really good stories but they can't well they they could put them in here but the audience would have no idea what's going on and so they're trying to tie it to the MCU but I loved this episode it was really interesting he finally realizes where he went wrong but it's too late mm-hmm you know he oh that was it was heartbreaking, especially when she wakes back up and he tries to fix the fix point. And it, she's like, no, I don't, I don't want this. And yeah. I, I think the coolest part was a lot of people, you know, because he's got the time stone, a lot of people were like, why can't he just change anything? Well, there's these fixed points in history and time that you can't mess with. And he kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. He said, well, if I got, what if I didn't get in the car? What if she's driving? What if, what if, what if? And yeah. it all still led to her death. And yeah, essentially broke his mind. Right. At that time. It's crazy. I just, I'm telling you, the Marvel people, they know what they're doing. Speaking of knowing what they're doing, that leads us to our next episode, which is what if, and all it is, zombies. What if, zombies. Yeah. I was like, this is really well done. Of course, every single person was themselves in this episode. Uh, essentially what it is was an Ant-Man and the Wasp where they go back to get um, the Wasp mom out of the quantum zone. They She got infected with some Damn sort it. of disease. Yeah. And bring that back and that starts the zombie apocalypse. And I mean, it's Hulk comes back, Mark Ruffalo and Bruce Banner comes back and no one's there to greet him. And he goes outside on the street just like in Infinity War. And, um, oh God, I'm forgetting the characters' names. The, um, uh, the two of the people from 
Thanos' group come down, essentially get oh, killed um, and eaten. Ma and um, yeah, Ma was the one. That uh, I... Ebony Ma, and the the other big guy. And I thought it was really cool because we see the the portal open up. Doctor Strange come through. We see Captain America come through. No, it was Strange and Iron Man. And they were getting beat up because I saw some smoke. And nope, no, no, no. They got eaten and turned into zombies themselves. And then Spider-Man comes through and rescues him along with Happy Hogan and stuff like that. I just thought it was a really cool episode how they did it. And, of course, the only the cure, essentially, um, was Scott Lang uh, as a head. But it was the Vision's Mind Stone was can revert people back but he doesn't want to because um scarlet witch is bitten and she's a zombie so he's been sacrificing feeding them he was feeding black panther to her to make her keep living yeah and i thought that was very dark and again chadwick boseman uh as black panther so which was really wild because we were told Mm -hmm. the black panther as star lord episode was his last thing he did uh, yeah, and they even had the tribute there and everything. And I wonder if it was because he was the, I guess the main cast for that one. Yeah. yeah, and this one he was more of the supporting cast and everything. I liked this a lot because uh, what if zombies or what if the Avengers were zombies is a huge what if comic book. Like I think I have yeah. one where it's what if the Avengers were zombies. But Deadpool is the only one who's alive, and he has to, like, I've got a whole, I think it's like a six uh, six book issues. I'm glad you brought up Deadpool. Oh, boy. Have you seen the, have you seen the, um, some of the stuff online about people theorizing uh-uh. about this episode? No. So, you know, at the very end, there is, there's the fence around the facility. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Vision takes the Mind Stone out, and all the zombies start headed for toward the facility, right? And uh, you see some of them, like you get a side view of some of them walking through the gate or the fence. And at the front of that group, now he's he's got hair, he's got a beard and mustache, but there's this guy dressed in red. And he has two katanas on his back. I'm trying to think, because I when this when I was watching and this episode, I was trying to watch for characters like that, because there was one other one that looked funky to me. I meant to look it up. I'm, now you got me curious. I might have to look that up later to see people are all the Easter eggs. They just put the Easter egg in there to like get people talking, because like, hey, don't forget about Deadpool. He's gonna be coming. Oh, you know? I can't wait. That's. Because you know they announced a couple more movies coming up um, mysteriously for 2022 and 2023 that have been unreleased titles, and obviously one's gonna be Fantastic Four, uh, maybe a Shang Chi two since it's doing so well. They've talked about, so we don't really know. Marvel got, knows, but they've yeah they've picked the dates for what three 2024 mm-hmm. dates. So everyone's like, well, so. you know, could this be a Deadpool movie? But he's been busy. If we're, he'll let us know when they're making a Deadpool movie, and yeah, the last I heard from him was uh, the script is being worked on. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's done yet. No, so they know what's going on. He's busy owning a football team over in Europe or Wales, and which is Europe, but oh, soccer. Yeah, soccer. It depends on part of the country you're from, <laughs> <laughs> part of the world. 
I liked this episode. A lot of people reprised their roles. Um, everyone but um, Steve Rogers, of course. Iron Man didn't have any words in this one, so he was never credited. Uh, Josh Keaton. Growled. Yeah, he just did his little thing. Josh Keaton as start Steve Rogers. Josh Keaton also did Steve Rogers in the first What If episode. So they brought him back into it. Um, it's nice to see Emily Van Camp in this one as well. Uh, Sebastian Stan was looking like a hunk yeah. in this episode um, with the long hair and beard. That's just, but I enjoyed this one. I think I liked this one. Of course, Paul Bettany has vision, but I enjoyed this one, I think, more than the Doctor Strange one. But I just think I like the concept of it more of everyone still being zombies, but knowing how to use their powers, like Steve with his shield and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. But his reflexes were gone. Yeah, but his reflex, yeah. Uh, no super when, when Bucky throws the shield back at him, he can't react in time mm-hmm. and cuts him in half. Yeah, he says, end of the line, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Which brings us to beautiful. Of course, we are going right into our spoiler full zone of our Titans episode six, episode seven of season three. Uh, we're going to do these together. Lady Vic is episode six, and episode seven was 51%. Uh, we got a lot of black fire in these episodes. Uh, heard a little bit more character development of what really goes on. The Titans trying to really reform her. I was on, I'm on this still the pretense that she's the bad guy, like the big bad of this season. But I mean, we're getting into these episodes and it's still looking like Jonathan Crane in Red Hood. Um, of course, episode six. Unless... Go ahead. Unless we find out that she's influencing Crane, mm. she's kind of being the mastermind or something. Don't know about. Oh, see, we also find out a lot about Barbara Gordon. Yeah, episode six with Lady Vic, like we see the the pre Bat Girl and uh, Robin chemistry kind of going on here. We see them their first um, love scenes together. We find out that. Barbara was stealing, stealing all her stuff and returning it just to, I guess, to be a little bit of a rebel for her commissioner dad. She was like, I've been telling him for, for weeks that these the security is just not right, just not good enough, and I'm proving yep. it to him. And then that influences Robin to do it with her. And then we meet mm-hmm. this new uh, villain called Lady Vic, who is, I guess, Batgirl's pre, prequel enemy. Um villain and it's and she kind of comes back to try and kill her she's not able to because uh barbara is still a badass even in the wheelchair and everything and that was episode six and it kind of like led into jonathan crane influencing um robin jason time and seeing him lash out against jonathan crane and he just let some low-level thugs out with the fear to- the anti-fear toxin and it kills uh, um, the family of oh the new Robin Tim Drake yeah Tim Drake Tim Drake and I was like oh we're finally we're finally getting his origin story, but then we get into episode seven not mentioned like they mentioned that the twenty two no, people died they showed in the recap yeah and I was like well I mean how do, can we can we finally get Tim Drake going here, I, but I really hope it's not gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be like the last two episodes we see Tim Drake because yeah, there's only like six episodes left right we, we don't have much i think and i think it's 13 episodes yeah and i'm just like 
I'm, I'm ready for it. And we still haven't seen Raven or uh, Donna Troy either. So they're going to all have to be we the last We got Donna half. briefly. Right. In a flashback scene. In that flashback. So yeah. I'm just ready for it. It's I enjoyed these episodes. The 51% was really good because it was more of a, a lethal blow to Jonathan Crane. And he's on the run now, but he still has Jason Todd with him. I enjoyed the Blackfire scenes in this one and seeing a little bit more of how her mind works. We see a, a young kid just get shot and killed straight in the forehead by his mom and Starfire yeah. and Blackfire just, okay. <laughs> so, and they tortured the guy and I'm like, oh, she, she killed, Starfire kills the mom. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we're still a little, uh, yeah, she definitely cooked her. And I'm very curious to see where we, kind of go from that you know, if there's going to be repercussions from it they did it differently but you know what it reminded me of when I saw it the way that the Joker kills one of those guys in Tim Burton's first Batman mm, film mm-hmm. when he, he has the hand buzzer and he shakes his hand right. and it electrocutes Electric the guy shoot and, and fries him. smoking it's, this show just continues to be one of my most looked forward to uh shows that I watch weekly. I didn't get to watch um, Stargirl this week, but Titans just every time, I'm like, oh, I can't, I really can't wait for Thursdays. And it's one of those that I have to wait until the weekend because I want to watch it on my big screen with my surround sound to truly, and I, my wife says the same thing. She goes, I really like the theme song. Don't, 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 don't. It's just so good. And you just got a copyright strike. Ah, well, it wasn't that you know, it wasn't that good. <laughs> but I just it's just one of those shows that I, I can't wait to watch every week. And seeing them as a team, we're seeing a little bit more of Gar as um, Beast Boy come out a little bit more. He was fighting the one guy, and his hand t- turned into a tiger paw. And I'm like, okay, all right, we're starting to to get a little more aggressive with our powers. Uh, Superboy getting a little bit of a crush on uh, Blackfire a little bit this week. And um, a little celebratory uh, boom chicka boom boom for uh, Dick Grayson and Barbara at the end of this episode yeah. as well. And then we find about yeah. Oracle. Oh, that's a whole big point we haven't brought up is Oracle. They, yeah, they shut down Oracle. Yeah, and that's, that was a big moment. And I don't know if we can be turned back on again. I don't feel like – I mean – it was a big conversation piece all season long between Barbara and him. Like, you know, here and there, they talked about Oracle. But just to be shut down just like that, I think there's going to be something else with that later in the season. We'll kind of revisit it. Yeah. I don't think it's shut down for good, though. But really enjoyed these episodes. And I'll just, I just want more. I mean, that's that's all it ever comes down to. I just want more. I think when Blackfire comes the bad and, and it might be this this week because they've kind of they've kind of crippled jonathan crane's operation mm-hmm. right like he's he's kind of almost done um i think they're gonna have to battle superboy a little bit too yeah of that closeness he's he's getting um i think he'll side with black fire against them and mm-hmm. then he'll realize he's wrong and well, it's the same thing with Gar, too. Gar is really trying to save Jason instead of take him yeah. down and kill him. Like, he's telling Dick every week. He's like, you know, we got to find him, not kill him. And he's like, he's yeah. very, like he's being manipulated, which he is, which Jason Todd is very manipulable, I guess, 
and it's Gar's the only one that can find out where he is, what's going on. And this episode ended with him talking to the chick that Jason Tuttle's talking to the first half of the season. And yeah. he's like, hey, I, you want to help Jason Todd? I want to help him too. Molly. Molly. Is that right? Yeah. And I'm curious to see where that goes. Like, I feel like everyone is, it's a team show, but everyone is very well scripted in. Of course, we, we've got less characters to work with than we did in the past seasons. Like, we don't have Honk, R.I.P., and Dove. Dove is off, you know, trying to find peace right now. And Raven and um, Donna Troy are off as well. So we don't have that many characters to direct and, and explore their stories. But the pacing, I feel like it's really well this season, especially these last two yeah. episodes. And I'm, there's not a point where I'm reaching for my phone because I'm bored and just kind of scrolling through and killing time, you know. And I just, again, I just love this show. I, I want more. So that's it. That's all I've got for Titans. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get into our news. Not a whole lot of TV news we have here. Our first one is Bridget Reagan has been cast as Poison Ivy in the Batman Batwoman Season 3. We're going to Variety.com by Joe Otterson. Batwoman has found as Poison Ivy. The CW series has cast Bridget Reagan as the iconic DC supervillain for the show's third season. Variety has learned. Poison Ivy, a.k.a. Pamela Isley, is, as, is a former botany student of Gotham University described as a passionate, brilliant scientist with a mind for changing the world for the better. But her plans shifted when she was experimented on by a colleague injected with various plant toxins, which turned her into the infamous Batman villain, Poison Ivy. So, I'm curious to see how this one uh, works. Because, well, with a formidable power coursing through her veins, Pamela used her powers to do what she thought was right, even if Batman and those closest to her disagree with her dangerous methods. Now effectively wiped off the board for years, Batwoman and the Bat Team must prepare themselves for Poison Ivy to return with a vengeance. Um, they go on to say that Reagan has been in Agent Carter. She's also been in Paradise Lost, The Last Ship, Jane the Virgin, and White Collar. So she's got superhero ties. Uh, I'm curious to see how she goes. I mean, again, Batwoman Season 2 was okay, not as good as Season 1. Um, and I'm curious to see what happens with season three. Now we know our, I guess our big bad villain for this one. Uh, but I'm excited. Poison Ivy, you know, classic iconic villain. Yeah. We had, uh, Poison Ivy on Gotham mm -hmm. and they, they did like four or five different times where they were. <laughs> yeah. Like four or five different actresses. It was, but you met her as a kid. Right. And then she, God, show was what, she so fell into this time, Chris. I... She fell into some toxin, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And then aged. So she was grown. I think that was Maggie Eha. Mm -hmm. And then Peyton List took over the part. Yeah, she she was the last one, there right? There was another one. Wasn't there another one in the middle? Yeah, because I think it was one, one kid and three adults. Yeah. Like something just kept changing and that's again, this show's just ahead of its time. If you haven't watched Gotham, you really need to watch it, especially if you're very much into the the Batman lore and history and stuff. That's such a good show. Speaking of what, Oh, go ahead. Nah, I was just out loud wondering what streaming service it's on because it was a Fox show. So you would think it might show up on Disney Plus, but at the same time it was it's a Warner Brothers property. 
Um, uh, let's, oh, it's still on Netflix. Still on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Well, well I'll be. Well, there you go. Netflix it up, everybody. Number two here, Bel Air finds its fresh prince and newcomer Jabari Banks. I am going to Deadline.com for this one by Denise Petsky. Bel Air has found its will. Newcomer and West Philadelphia local Jabari Banks has been tapped to play the iconic role of Will. Originated by Will Smith and Bel Air, Peacock's drama reboot of Smith's 1996 on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, nope, not, not into yeah. this show. I just, I think it's I think it's odd that the actor that they cast his real last name is Banks. Yeah, and that was the name of the family, in the first one. And he's from West Philly, so I'm just born and raised. I'm just not. I enjoyed the '90s, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I'm just not, especially with this being a I think it's a Peacock streamed original. Yeah. I don't have that service and I refuse to pay for another service really because there's already now, paid for if, as however many. If they were going to um, get Will Smith involved. Well, he, he's producing like, and writing and stuff, but like he's not doing anything else. Right. But, but that's what I mean. Like if he was going to be on camera and this was going to be like his kid mm-hmm. and him being the parent. Oh, I, w- I would buy a Peacock you know, for that. And that, but again, it's like they go part way. They don't want to go the full mm-hmm. way. Well, and they're making it a drama and not a comedy. And I'm just like, I don't, uh, I don't care. And <laughs> you're not going to have that chemistry like uh, Will and Jazz have. No. <laughs> and you're not going to have an Uncle Phil to throw Jazz out the no, front door. No, I just, oh. Just R.I.P. James Avery. All right, here's a fun yeah. one, and our last one for TV kind of ties into all three of our normal topics. DC Fandom has been revealed, and it is on October 16th. I'm going to TheVerge.com by Andrew Webster for this one. Last year, DC had an impressive showing on its virtual Fandom event, and this week, the company revealed it's doing it again very soon. Fandom will return on October 16th and will feature updates, trailers, and reveals covering what looks like to be a big range of projects from across film, television, comics, and video games. That includes an exclusive new trailer for the Robert Robert Pattinson-led The Batman, looks at movies Black Adam, The Flash, and Aquaman The Last Kingdom, more details on upcoming seasons of Harley Quinn, Batwoman, The Flash, Superman and Lois, and Sweet Tooth, reveals for games Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League, and a whole bunch of comic news, including... And comic news, including the next chapter of the Fortnite and Batman crossover events. You'll be able to watch the that event just live. Just like you said, comic news. Comic news. <laughs> You'll be able to watch the live event on October 16th, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time across a number of platforms. Um, also, there says there'll be a kid-friendly version. will be airing on the same day on separate channels. But it is just a one-day event this year. So... I'm excited. The fandom last year was a lot of fun. I mean, we learned a lot. There was a lot of nonsense that was also in it. But especially with us, well, with me being caught up on all of these shows, I can actually watch some of the things now with The Flash and uh, Batwoman and things like that. So I'm excited. Now, of course, get to see more of Gotham Knights. Uh, one of my most excited for, most looking forward to video games 
that was supposed to come out this year got delayed till next year. I want more of it, and this looks like because we haven't seen anything this year from it at all since it was announced last year. Um, and I'm I'm here, I'm here for it, and I'm ready for it to happen, and I'm glad it's only one day instead of my whole weekend I have to spend watching. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna. Let's see when when does Flash when does Flash drop? This should be because the comeback comes back in October. Okay, so right around that same yeah. time. So they'll have and a little it, more info. And, we, and the first uh, first bit of the season is going to be the big crossover. Yeah, so it that's is. Gonna be first, like, I think it's eight episodes. No, that can't be right. First three episodes. Five. Five. But it's got eight different characters in it. Can we talk about that yeah. last time? Releases this week for, well, for the past two weeks for 9-6 through 9-19. Uh, Friday, September 10th for both of these shows. Lucifer season six finale. Uh, series finale and Friday, September 10th as well. Pokemon Journeys both dropped on Netflix. Now, Chris, before we get into this movies, we're gonna have a lot to talk about here. Uh, have you watched anything else before we jump into it? No. Okay. No, just the three movies that we're gonna cover. I know. Okay, I'm ready. Launch us into our first one, Chris. I'm here for it. All right. First up, um, it's. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So good. Now, and uh, it's been out two ahead. weeks. Do we want to do spoilers for this? I think if the spoilers tag is up, I, I tell you what, let, let's talk in generalities okay. initially, and then we can do a little spoiler section at the end. Okay. What would you think of the movie? You're, you saw it more recently than I did. I... Um, I love the film. Mm -hmm. uh, I think on on Letterbox, I gave it four and a half stars. Speaking of, it was uh, um, this would be like an A film for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna go A plus because it's it, you know there were a couple little things that could have been done maybe, but very minor things that would have put it in that category. This um. The effects, you always know you're going to get top-of-the-line mm -hmm. effects with Marvel films. The fight sequences. Oh, dude, that's what amazing. I'm saying. The fight scenes were so well choreographed. And, yeah. And that was some of my favorite parts of the movie. Like, every fight scene, the, mainly the scaffolding fight, and then the fight in the room after the scaffolding fight. I'm not going to reveal the, uh -huh. what happened at the end of it, but between him and the masked guy... That was so cool, and a lot of people are comparing it to mm -hmm. um, the Winter Soldier fight and Captain America. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm telling you, it's top notch. Like Marvel knows what they're doing. Period. Even the bus scene. Yeah, the bus scene that's right. in all the trailers. That was awesome. Yeah, and you're you're not you're expecting it because you've seen the trailer, but if you're just sitting there watching the movie and you're lost in the story, all of a sudden it starts. And you're like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This this guy's. You're kind of having the same reaction that Aquafina's character Katie mm -hmm. is having. I thought they did a she phenomenal sits. job with her as like a supporting character. I really they liked really her. Did. They really did, and it's it's one of those classic Marvel movies in the sense that you get all this action, you get all this drama, but you get this dose of comedy dropped mm -hmm. in at just the right points to kind of alleviate you from some of that drama before you get to the next serious part of the story 
and uh, I, I also love the way that they um, they kind of retconned in, in in a sense the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of they gave us they gave us that. So they um, Disney Plus dropped the little short that you can normally get in Thor: um, Dark Worlds. Which was the mm-hmm. little eight minute? Um, I meant to send this to you to watch before you watch Shang Chi, but it's all Hail the King, and it's with uh, Trevor Flattery or Lattery in prison, and it uh-huh. and I'm, I can spoil this because it, it shows him being broken out by the Teen Rings, and the guy says, "My boss wants to talk to you," and he goes, "Well, I don't know your boss." He goes, "Oh, but you've been playing him for the past two years," and that's when it just ends. It just drops. I'm like, oh. And so uh, I watched it because I, I read somewhere on Twitter they said, you know, if you need to watch this going in, it might have been BD from comicbook.com commenting on it. And it kind of like led into that. So when I saw the actor uh, serving Ben Kingsley on the red carpet, I was like, oh, so he's actually going to be in this film. Um, so I made sure I watched that as well. I meant to send that to you, but it's pretty good. Uh, he was a surprise character to see in this. Uh, the post credit scenes were really good and really hopeful for the future. This yeah. this film to me, I gave it a I'd be like a right at a minus a for this film. It I like this one and Black Panther had the same reaction on me where I don't know anything about these characters going in, but when I left the theater and left watching the movie. I, I absolutely love it, and I just want more and more and more of these characters. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, Black Panther is still I like more than this one. The, the only thing holding the Shang-Chi back was its slow times were really slow. Um, I don't feel like it was much of a pacing issue as much as a story issue. They had constant, they had flashback scenes, and they kept going back to the flashback scenes. And it was yeah. kind of like build upon it. And I was like, I don't want to see this anymore. Like they kind of re- replayed the flashback scene with a little bit more context. And to me, I just didn't really want that. And that's what took it down from an A plus for me. Again, I gave it an A minus A, but those were the only things holding it back. But like we were saying, the fight scenes are phenomenal. The lore and then the 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 artistry and the filmography of the whole thing was absolutely beautiful. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to make a second one. There's no way they don't. And I can't wait to see uh, Shang-Chi or Sean, if you will, and Aquafina's character in, in future movies, especially Shang-Chi being in the Avengers. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun and yeah. what his character brings. Um, and I just, I can't, I can't wait. I mean, it's, it's going to be such a good future. A lot of people are saying uh, people aren't going to be interested in these films post-Endgame. But I'm I'm just as excited for the next you know, a couple of films than I was back in phase three and phase two. So I'm just, I, I'm all in on these little movies, especially these characters that I know nothing about. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really going to struggle with some of the names here. Yeah. Um, Tony Lung Chi Wei, I think is his name. I think that's how it's pronounced. He played Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that this was, even though he's been fluent in English for years, right? This was his first American film. And he is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. 
Like he made you want to watch more. Like when when they when when his arc plays out the way that it does, you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, well, I want more. Right. Like you know, but yeah, um, Ben Kingsley, of course, is fantastic. Stole the show. He honestly um, stole the movie. You get Benedict Wong back in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you see briefly in the I, trailers. I didn't realize he had that much, many lines in this movie. Right, right. The trailers show, show him fighting Abomination. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and which that's an... That's interesting. That's a really good little scene. Yeah. yeah. But apparently they're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Um, are we going to the spoilers yet? Yeah, let's, we... uh, the spoilers tag is up for Shang-Chi. Again, if you're listening on audio... Uh, scroll through for a couple of minutes because we're going full on spoilers for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. If you have not watched it, uh, skip ahead five, ten minutes until you get to what we're not talking about anymore because I don't want you to be spoiled by this movie. It's really good. So, yeah. And during that little scene, because I thought we were going back to the place in Falcon and Winter Soldier, that city, Mandrapur, I thought that's where we were going to, but mm-hmm. it was this is someplace in China. Macau. Macau. And... That that whole little scene there was you have extremist soldiers in there. You have people from um, uh, Black Widow movie that we watched. Some of the mm-hmm. Black Widows are in those fighting scenes. Like some of the like actresses we watched are in there. Um, but to me, what was the funny part was it looks like Wong is training um, Abomination, Abomination because he yeah. Abomination's on the raft, and that's where Wong sent him back to was the raft. And I'm like, okay, we're getting a little bit of world building in here. And I thought that was really cool. Um, of course, the, the biggest thing that I want to talk about spoiler-wise is the post credit scene. The first one. Yeah. Where I did not expect to see Mark Ruffalo. I did not expect to see uh, Captain Marvel at all. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. And I thought that was really well done. And... The, the whole the whole post credit scene where he's talking to the lawyer friend, tell him everything that's going on, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't believe you." And the Wong comes in through a portal, and he goes, "Shang Chi, Shang Chi." It's just so funny. Like he was reading off of like a like a hostess at your local uh, Cracker Barrel or something, and he goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, I need you." Here. Yeah, <laughs> here he said, <laughs> "Um." And like he went through it, and it was to find out that when he first put the rings on from his dad, it sent it's broadcasting a signal somewhere, and no one knows where, because these these rings are so old, and which I think it leads into the Eternals somehow, some way. I feel like we're leading up to something, but if it's not leading to the Eternals, you would think it would have to lead to. Galactus or the Silver Surfer. Right. It it, it, ha- it leads to something cosmic because this is none of these yeah. worlds. And yeah. I mean, some would say like Thanos, but I mean Thanos is already done and all that stuff, so it's not him. But I just I thought that was really cool because we got more of they're still keeping in touch with each other. Wong, uh, Doctor Strange, and everything, obviously all keeping in touch with each other. And I wonder if that has something to to play into with Spider Man the new movie, because we see Wong going on vacation, so to speak. He's got his bags packed. Is he going with Shang-Chi somewhere? Is he training Shang-Chi? Is he with Abomination? Or is he going recruiting more people? 
or is he trying to investigate? I mean, there's so many questions with this. And I thought it was like one of the funny parts of that was um, um, Captain Marvel. She goes, she goes over her earpiece. She goes, okay, I got something to take care of. If you need me, call me. Bruce has my number. And Bruce goes, I don't have her number. <laughs> she, yeah, he, he's like, I, I don't have her number. She always does this. <laughs> but what's funny to note about that, though, is he's not in Hulk form. His arm is still hurt from right. the snap, but he's in his human form. So what do we have going on there? And it's just there's so many, yeah. like, they do this so well. But I, I love this post-credit scene because they're even keeping Uncle Phoenix character Katie involved. I mean, she doesn't really have any mm-hmm. powers or anything like that, but she's still pertinent to the story, so I keep her around. And then, of course, the, the post-credit scene was of the Ten Rings, and, of course, the little title card we got, the Ten Rings will return um, after, you know, will return like we only get for the Avengers. So, it's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, it was really, really well. All the, all the actors. Oh, like they everyone, per- they perfectly, they perfectly cast this movie. Um, and again, you know, the the choreography, especially when you first see, um, you first see Mandarin meet. Um, um, Leko, uh, Falachin, his, his her character. Yeah, the his, wife. his wife, in in Taewo, and she's in that clearing and in fighting him, she is um, the moves that she's that she's going through are just so it's almost like a ballet. Mm-hmm. They're so graceful, but they can stop him at the same time. Right, he's not able to defeat her. So. All of that, the even the environments. Oh, the had. the tallow yeah. were so beautiful, like the even the forest. They like you were talking about the they were fighting in, but like the the actual mystical place itself was absolutely beautiful, and mm-hmm. it just oh, I loved it. I can't wait to see more of it. I felt like because this was shot during COVID times, I felt like it was. I feel like we had a, we would have bigger set pieces. Because if you notice that final fight scene, there weren't a lot of people, and they were just in that one clearing. And to me, it didn't feel that fleshed out with everybody, but I think that had to do with Coven. So, to each their own. I'm glad yeah. we got what we got, but to me, that's, that's one thing. Yeah, I, I know that it was, um, it was done with the... Um, the idea of his grief being the driving force of Mandarin's grief over the loss of his wife. But at the same time, he's also very, very intelligent. Mm -hmm. And, and you would think that as he was trying to destroy the gate, he would have realized, Hey, these things keep flying out of the tiles. (laughs) Hey, what are these? (laughs) And and they aren't her. Right. Um, So I was a little bit disappointed in that. That was one of the things where it was like, you know, he should have been a little bit more questioning of it because even even when shang chi comes over and tries to stop him he tells him look she's gone you know she's not behind here he he still doesn't believe him initially it takes it takes things really getting serious it takes Mm -hmm. the that huge beast the dragon or whatever coming out 
for him to realize, oh crap, you know. And I, I wish they had that had been slightly different. Yeah. But I also like the fact that they uh, they kind of they they set up this mentality, or I'm not really a mentality, but they have uh, Shang Chi and Katie talking to a couple of their friends earlier in the movie, the same mm-hmm. ones they talked to in the post credit scene. And uh, they're basically getting on to them because all they all they do for a living is their valets. Right. And they both have these, well, Katie at least has this advanced degree and stuff, and she's just content to be a valet. Yeah, she's and happy with doing like, what she's doing, and her family's like, nope, we don't like that. Yeah, yeah. But it does bring up an interesting question. Were they unable to move into something that would, this was their path. Mm-hmm. They needed to be in a job like that that they could basically walk away from because this was their destiny. Mm-hmm. Was that their so, fixed point? Yeah. So. They couldn't move on to do something else for a career. I love it. They said, you know, we could go home because we got to work early in the morning or go sing karaoke late go. at night. <laughs> yeah. And, and then... The the post credit scene <laughs> with Wong, <laughs> with Wong, where they, what was it, Hotel California mm-hmm. that they were singing? They said, uh, they said, he goes, you know, go home, rest, and we'll start training soon. And then they said, we could do that, or <laughs> such, so well done. I just, oh, I love it. I can't wait for more. But that was Shang Chi. And now the next two movies, we don't have to put a spoilers tag on because there have literally been decades between. So Yeah. Yeah, one more so than the other. Yeah. Um, so, first up, this was to be last week's film. 1932's Freaks. Uh, this was what we opened our horror series with. Um for this year we're doing the horror movies of course through september and october now i've seen this a few times it's only an hour and four minutes long mm-hmm. um i've seen it a few times and i like it i like it because more so from a historical perspective they used actual sideshow performers mm-hmm. in the movie so when you see the um the conjoined twins that's actually conjoined twins. When you see the pinheads, those are actual pin. These are not people that are made up. Like uh, American Horror Story had a uh, schlitzy character in two of their seasons, and it was an actress made up mm-hmm. to look that way. These were actual pinheads. And pinheads, for those that don't know, are people who their skulls are smaller than they should be. So their their brains don't develop in the same way. They're not able to uh, mature mentally much beyond probably like an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and some even less than that. Um, and the film is basically about uh, what goes on at a sideshow when a... I think they even refer to her in the film as a normal. Yeah. Um, she begins this get-rich-quick scheme 
with one of the sideshow performers who is um, what's today's acceptable little person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he supposedly has money and he's very well off. His name is Hans. And he's infatuated with her, marries her, and then right away on at the wedding dinner, she poisons him. Yep. And and begins to slip him little bits of poison to just keep him sick. Um, she talks down to the the other sideshow performers who are different, and it turns out at the end she gets what's coming to her. Um, very they, very much so. They, <laughs> They make her, uh, as uh, as they say, one of us. Mm-hmm. Very traumatizing. Yeah, she, in fact, well, and the thing at the dinner, they're celebrating. You know, they're trying to be happy for him, even though a lot of them don't like her. And they're they're chanting, you know, one of us, and passing this goblet around for everyone to drink out of, as a way of trying to welcome her in. And she's had some alcohol so she's infuriated that they would think that she's one of them and insulted and lets them know it and so at the and i've seen a couple of different endings with this one has them just stalking toward her and the other they're all chanting as they walk toward her one of us one Mm -hmm. of us you know and then it's real creepy uh, yeah because there's there's a guy in in the film that has no no lower body. Mm-hmm. He's just just arms from like the waist up, and he walks around on his hands. There's another guy that uh, has no limbs at all. Mm-hmm. He's a torso with a head. And there's a a scene where they showcase him and how he lights a cigarette. Mm-hmm. So very carefully. Yeah, it's very very <laughs> careful. Um, I've always liked the movie. I, I think on on the rewatch, I entered it on Letterboxd and gave it four stars. Just again, its its relevance. Directed by Todd Browning, who directed the original Dracula, uh, with Bela Lugosi. But I'm interested, Tyler, in your thoughts because this was a first time watch for you, and this is a very different film. This is yes, and probably the <laughs> oldest movie I've ever watched in my life. Um, yeah, it. It was okay. It was hard for me to follow. Again, a little bit of context. This was we watched this just after Vanderbilt got absolutely decimated here at home, and so I was already in a sour mood. But we, we watched it, and it was a little bit harder for me to to follow in certain times, certain things, because I kept getting the two blonde heads mixed up. Uh huh. But yeah. once I was like the poisoning scene and stuff, I got. A little bit better. The guy, the I guess it was the strong man, the the guy that mm-hmm. there's the one scene where he was fixing the the tub. Maybe not the strong guy. He was the good guy. No, no, he's the the clown. The clown. And he was fixing the tub, maybe laugh out loud when they were mm-hmm. exactly like he was taking a bet, and then he just stands up when they pan out. Probably my favorite part of the whole movie. The the creepy part at the end where they're going to kill. Well, we think we're going. They're going to kill her. After they found out he was poisoned, um, and the the one guy with no no limbs starts rolling through, and they all started like slowly. I was like, okay, now all right, we're getting real freaky deaky here, 
and then we find out that the opening scene was actually them looking at her and not some of these other yeah. you know freaks quote unquote I put on there uh, audio listeners but I didn't really enjoy it I was really yeah. glad it was an hour long but it was I don't know if it wasn't wasn't really just my kind of movie or if it was the mood I was in or I but like that was this wasn't very memorable to me. I think I put it on Letterbox at two and a half stars, which comes mm-hmm. in, you know, D plus, C minus for me. Uh, but for its time, it looked really good. And I could see why a lot of people would like it back in the 30s. And, man, it was creepy. <laughs> that, that, that last scene was, was real creepy. Yeah. I mean, it was... With the whole um, the carriage carts toppling over and them coming out and I just I mean she got what she she got the justice done to her and then poor Hans yeah. is miserable I don't know why he couldn't see that she, he was being played anyways but miserable in his mansion when they all come back in and poor guy got this real nice mansion and right everything. and and the um oh, I'm forgetting her name the other little person. Uh, that was in love with him. Mm-hmm. If you'll notice, they didn't have any romantic scenes. Right. Right? Like they didn't kiss or anything. There's a reason for that. They're brother and sister in real life. Oh. They were oh. two pe- two of the members of what's known as the Dahl family. And, uh, and the guy that played Hans, I'm, again, forgetting his name, is... Uh, he was actually Harry one Earls. of the three. Yeah. He's actually one of the three members of the Lollipop Guild in the Wizard of Oz. You know, when they walk up oh, and they... Oh, yeah. They're singing. Yeah, he's huh. the one. When they cut to show them uh, head on, he's the one on the far right. Hmm. So, um, but that family, they had a lot of a lot of success in the entertainment industry. At that time, but uh, no at the very beginning, the, the the way the movie opens is you see a carnival barker talking to some patrons, and he shows them something in a box. Talks about how hideous mm-hmm. and this and that, right? And at the end, you see that it's this uh, what's her name, Olga? Mm-hmm. Olga Bakalova. Yeah. You see, it's Olga. And what what these uh, sideshow performers have done to her to make them one of us, you can't even really explain. It looks like she now somehow has the body of a chicken. Yeah, like they cut her legs off, or maybe, or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's a bunch of feathers, and then she can't speak. She Mm-mm. can only make bird sounds. Yeah. And... Uh, they they just completely transformed her, which little, she had it coming. A little of a stretch. Uh, <laughs> but she had it coming. Well, I don't know, man. Like, who knows? Maybe someone knew some voodoo. Right. Um. But yeah, I I I would say that this is something that if you're really into horror, it's one of those older movies that you hear people that love horror movies mm. bring up a lot. So you should probably watch it at least once. 
um, but it's not it's not for everybody. Right. It like like you said, it moves a little slow, and uh, then when it does start to get to the part that's creepy and scary, movie's over. Mm -hmm. It's like the last <laughs> right ten there minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, our next film that we watched for this week um, is 1996's Scream mm -hmm. by Wes Craven written by Kev written by Kevin Williamson um, and a whole host of well known people I mean Courtney Cox David I had no Arquette, idea she was in it yeah Nev Campbell Drew Barrymore Rose McGowan uh, Skeet Ulrich um, Jamie Kennedy, Matthew Lillard, mm -hmm. Shaggy, yeah, um, Henry Winkler pops up in this. Yep. In an Didn't expect to see role. him either. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a ton of well-known people in here. Now I've seen this a lot. First time. This was first time for you. Mm -hmm. So, what did you think? I really enjoyed this movie. A lot of people reference Scream, and one of the things, obviously very big spoilers, was it wasn't one person doing it. It was two acting as a duo, and that's why he was able to be so many places at once and do it. And I thought it was really, I enjoyed it. The guy, I forget the, the character's name, but he was talking about the horror movies, you know, the the Virgin always makes it out alive. The you know mm. if you say you're going to be right back, you're never going to come back. Like he made up these rules for horror movies. Yeah, yeah and, it's Jamie Kennedy's. Character. Jamie Kennedy and and like he Randy because everyone thought it was Randy behind the mask, and I thought it was so cool. The and Jamie was telling me a bit of a little bit of history with it. It was they when during the trailers and things they made Drew Barrymore seem like she was the main actress. And she dies off the first, what, 15, 20 minutes of the movie. And she yeah. said that was like, because, I mean, this was during her, you know, her growing up as one of the big movies. I mean, I was, when this movie came out, I was three. And she said that was like one of the big allures to it was it was supposed to be Drew Barrymore as the main character. And they did a total shift and killed her off right at the beginning. And I just... It wasn't scary to me. I, I like these old thrillery shows like Halloween. Halloween's the same way. Um, mm -hmm. But this one is... There were a lot of nods to Halloween yeah. in this too. And Halloween was even playing in it like uh, towards the mm -hmm. end. And I thought it was really cool. The deaths were pretty creative. The the the, the garage death was really cool. Yeah, Rose McGowan. Yeah. Gets, I really yeah. enjoyed seeing... Like, we watched this with Zoe and my uh, oldest daughter. And she said... She, there's no one, how do they have, because I showed like the next scene, there's a bunch of beers around the table. And she was like, I thought she was going out for, for beers. And it makes sense because the guy that killed her brought the beers back, I guess, or whatever. And no one ever really ever questioned it anymore. Um, I love, I love Matthew Lillard. He's one of my favorite actors when he pops up and things. I've loved him since he plays Shaggy. And, and seeing him in this movie, I was like, he might be the killer because we were playing this whole game. Who's the killer? Who's not? And then I remember, so Scream Queens is a little spinoff uh, high school college. No, it's a college show um, about four or five years ago. And I watched it with my, my little brother. He watched it a lot. And it's like I kind of pay attention to it. And I remember the big premise of it was there were multiple killers. And then yeah, my daughter says, I, is there more than one killer? 
and then it got me thinking. I was like, oh, I said, I bet there is because Scream Queens is kind of based off of Scream. And they had multiple killers. So I imagine that's where they got that guy got that from. And sure enough, and but when Skeet Ulrich's character, Billy, came walking on the steps at the end, and he was like, um, he can't breathe, he falls down the steps or whatever. I was like, dude got like three knife wounds to the chest. He would be dead. And turns out it's fake. And I was like, oh, duh. You know, I can't, can't turn that nursing brain off. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I'm giving this one a B or a, uh, three and a half stars, three and a half to four stars on Letterboxd. Um, I just thought it was fun. And it's one of those, uh, you know, Halloween horror movie classics that they've made, you know, obviously the, the spinoff movies of that make fun of it. And then they made the, what, two and three. And there's even, yeah, aren't they remaking one of, um, well, Scream? I, yeah, I think they are bringing it back as a movie. It was a TV series for a minute. Um, on MTV, I think. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the scary movie franchise made fun <laughs> of it. Um, like the, the famous scene where she's getting the call and she's like, you don't see me. And she's like, yeah, you're behind the chair. And like, <laughs> butt and legs and everything are sticking out. Um, this film, I gave it four stars. I put it in like the B plus, A minus range um there were some interesting little tidbits because i i've seen the movie often enough that when i put it on to watch it i was like you know i'm, I'm just gonna watch it with the commentary track going because it was a commentary with kevin williamson and wes craven mm. and uh they were talking about some stuff that like the uh when we first see billy he comes into um Sydney's room mm -hmm. right through the window that's kind of a shout out to a scene from Nightmare on Elm Street where Johnny Depp's character uh, mm. comes in through Nancy's window to see her um, when Henry Winkler is in his office he's the principal of the school when he's in his office and he opens up his his uh, closet hanging in the closet is Fonzie's leather jacket from happy days oh no kidding it was yeah i missed that so like when little, he yeah. when he was looking for someone watching him or whatever at the door there was a janitor that had the brown hat and the red and green stripes like uh yeah. nightmare and i, I, I noticed that one yeah yeah That's a and nice. uh they also pointed out though something that i guess it was a choice I guess it was a choice Henry Winkler made just as part of character development. Um, the first scene where we see him in the principal's office and uh, Sydney's in there, right? Mm -hmm. And he kind of reaches down to kind of, I guess, reassure her or whatever. And he kind of, he, he takes his hand and he kind of cups her, her chin and kind of gives it a little bit of a, mm -hmm. a stroke. There's this look from the sheriff, right? The sheriff's sitting there looking at him, and then he kind of he gives this look like, "What are you, what are you doing?" <laughs> but he he did it on purpose to just add something to that. Hmm. Um, they said that they this film on about ten different occasions when they submitted it to the ratings board got an NC-17. Why? For all 
for all the gore. Oh. Um, so they went back once it came out years later on Blu-ray and streaming. They actually um, reinserted all these scenes. So the the scene where you see Drew Barrymore dead in the tree. Right, hung up. They had to initially cut half of the frames out of that scene so that it went quicker. Because hmm. the ratings board was like, that's that's too much. So they just reinserted. Because she's not only hanging there with stab wounds, her, yeah. her guts. Her guts are in there dangling. Yeah. Um, the school that they wanted to use said no. So the parents, everybody was cool with it. The school board said no. Shocker. Because they read the scripts. And they were like, oh, we thought this was a comedy. No, you can't. This is way too gory. You can't do this. So they had to use an elementary school, <laughs> you know, over in another community. Um, so it's kind of fun finding out some of that stuff. Right. But this is, it, this is one of those Halloween classics. Every October, this is one of those films that needs to be watched. <laughs> Just go ahead, put it on go your ahead, list. Go ahead, put it on and... Watch it. I, I liked it. I mean, it was. I think Corny Cox's character was probably my favorite, besides Matthew Lillard's. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't expect to see her. Of course, this was probably this was during the Friends time as well, and I felt like she did a good job. And her character was so compelling. And then her and Sydney arguing and the whole history with them. And the only thing I didn't like, of course, was the end where she's trying to take it all for herself. You know, she's just gone through this whole traumatic experience. But she's only worried about her time and screen time and stuff like that. I just thought it was funny. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. And it's even to the point I want to watch the the sequels of it. Yeah. Well, they said Courtney Cox really wanted that role because it was so different from her Monica role mm-hmm. on Friends. So um, this next week, oh, this is another one of my favorites. <laughs> this next week we get to watch psycho not the gus van zandt remake don't watch that one the original from alfred hitchcock the gus van zandt remake has Anne hesh and vince vaughn in it so this is the 1960 one then right right okay um fantastic film it also has sequels it has i think there's Psychos 2 through 4. Um, but that'll be... I think you'll like that one. It's it's an older film, but it's... It's paced a lot better than Freaks. Okay. Alright, let's get to the news. news Movie news news. News, news. news, news, From Deadline.com and Mike Fleming Jr., we have Apple Skydance reuniting Marvel superheroes stalwarts Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans and Dexter Fletcher directed Ghosted. Um, it's a romantic action adventure. I mean, I'll watch it. You know, I'm just going to be honest. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, they don't get really into the plot. 
No, there's not in the in this article. No, it's just not a whole lot out of it yet. So, just that they're reuniting and it feels so good. Well, we'll definitely have to check it out. No doubt about it. Um, there is a Jungle Cruise sequel in the works, according to the Hollywood Reporter's Boris Kitt. The adventure movie passed the $100 million mark at the domestic box office. Um, it says this weekend, this article was written August 30th. So, that's it. They're doing a second film. Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt are both set to return. So I'm guessing they don't die um, in the first one, then. Yeah, I, I would assume not. I don't know. They could turn it into a ghost that's, story. That's true. Or a prequel of some sort. <laughs> a haunted riverboat, you know. Um, yeah, I I haven't seen it. Um, I'll watch it at some point because it's got The Rock in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll watch anything with The Rock in it. At least once. At least once. I think I even watched The Tooth Fairy. Oh, that's a good one. That one's not bad. I, I, I mean, you know. Next up on FirstPost.com from, does this have a byline? I don't see a byline. It just says Press Trust of India. Um, Netflix has acquired the streaming rights of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel. The new film takes place years after the events of the original in a setting where Leatherface hasn't been seen or heard from since. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the streaming service has bagged the exclusive distribution rights to the project from Legendary Pictures. Directed by David Blue Garcia, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie is a direct sequel to Toby Hooper's 1974 classic. It features Elsie Fisher... Sarah Yarkin, Jacob Lattimore, and Moe Dunford in the lead. Mm-hmm. The original revolved around two siblings and their three friends on their way to visit their grandfather's grave in Texas who end up getting trapped with a family of cannibalistic psychopaths and struggle to survive the terrors of Leatherface and his brood. The new movie, which disregards all other entries in the franchise, takes place years after the shocking events of the original in a setting where Leatherface hasn't been seen or heard from since. Uh, You're going to make me watch this movie, aren't you? Huh? You're going to make me watch this movie, aren't you? I've seen the first. I've seen the original, so FYI. You have seen the original? Mm Mm-hmm. Ex-girlfriend of mine at the time in high school. Mm -hmm. Or the the remake original. When was the remake done? Uh, 90s or 2000s. The original was from 1974. It was probably the. Let me look at the, the remake. One. Had Jessica Biel, I think. And it might have. I don't know. It's one of them. I don't remember which one. No, I think it was the original. Original, to be honest with you. Okay. This I, did, is also, I didn't watch by much way, of those. To be honest with you. Was it? Yeah, you were busy doing other yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, this is the second team-up for Netflix and Legendary, by the way. They previously teamed up on Enola Holmes. Mm. So Iconic. Iconic. Oh, another movie I can't wait for the sequel of. Yeah. I want to watch that. This is 
this is an interesting thing though with with them doing this because this is like um i mean i'm i'm sure other franchises have done it but the main one that's done it recently is halloween mm -hmm. who basically jumped in and said we're going to disregard everything but the original and yeah, we're going to build our story one, off yeah. of that mm -hmm. um just a quick note here shazam fury of the gods has finished filming and is now entering post-production ready for that one post production that's after pre-production yeah here's a and like, production production filming whichever you know yeah next up from the verge and chame gartenberg Top Gun, Maverick, and Mission Impossible 7 are delayed again due to COVID concerns. Paramount is shifting the rest of its 2021 releases into next year. Um, Towers. Top Gun, Maverick. <laughs> Top Gun, Maverick was supposed to release Thanksgiving weekend and has now been moved to May 27th of 2022. Chris, close that to movie three was years supposed to after come out. it was first yeah, announced. It's supposed to come out in 2019. And now it's going out 2022. <laughs> On the bright side, if it's successful and they want to do another one, Tom Cruise never ages. Right, so no. And he does all his own stunts. You're ready. Ridiculous yeah, stunts. which is fantastic. Um, it's also moving Jackass Forever to release on February 4th. This is the one that hurts me out of all of these movies. This is the one that hurts me. I was really looking forward to watching that next month. Yeah, but you know, I think it's going to help both movies. Because Top Gun's going into the summer, which right. is when it's going to do best. And you're getting Jackass out of the October spot where people are going to be mm. seeing Halloween Kill. If, yeah. if you can go see one movie, you're going to go see Halloween Kills. So they'll probably do better at the box office. Um. But since Top Gun has moved to the May 2022 slot, Mission Impossible 7 is being pushed out from that slot to September 30th of 2022. So, mm. Another movie that's been done forever. Yeah. Another Tom Cruise movie. Yep. They're just like, hey. <laughs> he must have done something pissed them off. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ed Boon reveals Injustice animated movie releases October. October the 19th. I am absolutely stoked for that movie. It's going to be interesting. As someone who's played the games, read the comics, I am all in. Next up, from comicbook.com's Spencer Perry. Russo brothers are at an impasse to direct another Marvel movie after the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. It's mm, a big hit. Um, yeah. Well, you know, so, for those who don't know, she filed a lawsuit against Disney over her payments for the Black Widow movie because she didn't get fair compensation for them dropping it to the streaming service right away. And it was in her contract. She only got her box. Yeah. She only got her box office cut, and she may have gotten a minimal amount right. for the streaming money, but it was nowhere near what it took in, what it was credited with mm -hmm. bringing in on streaming. She had to pay an extra $30, right? Yeah. To get it. So that's a big chunk of money. Because um, they did 
something like 75 million they the did first re- weekend. Yeah, they did really well. And that was just the Disney Plus website. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in a report on the Wall Street Journal about the fallout of Johansson's legal filing, the outlet claims that the uncertainty the lawsuit has created has caused filmmakers Joe and Anthony Russo to think twice about returning for a new Marvel movie. With four Marvel Studio movies under their belts, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame, the Russo brothers seemingly departed the MCU after directing the biggest movie of all time in the 2019 feature film. Um, they have spoken about returning hypothetically for projects, like an adaptation of Secret Wars, recasting Wolverine in the MCU, oh, things like that. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Russos have declined comment, but I get it. I mean, if if you're going to take one of the most recognizable people on screen in your property mm-hmm. and screw them out of a bunch of money, why would the directors think it's going to be any different for them? Right. You know? um, this is going to end with Disney writing a big fat check and saying, here, here's all the money we yep. owe you. And every contract and from here on out will be different. Mm. As it should be, though. So, Yeah. Um, next up, Halloween Kills will release day and date in theaters and on Peacock on October the 15th. See it at theaters, Chris. You've you, you got to see it in theaters. Yeah. Well, it, it, again, it depends on, on, on COVID and everything, but... I feel yeah. like, I mean, we're, what, weeks away at this point? So, yeah, we'll, about we'll probably a month see away. it in theaters. Yeah. And finally, speaking of theaters, and, and speaking of Disney, which we spoke about a while ago, their remaining 2021 films are all going to have exclusive theatrical releases. This comes from, from CNBC and Sarah Witten. Um... They, the rest of Disney's 2021 slate will all arrive in theaters exclusively. So you won't be able to watch these day and date um, on Disney Plus, even for a premium price. And they noted that the um, Shang-Chi's opening weekend brought in a box office haul of $75.5 million. Um its That's total good. box office haul for the four-day holiday weekend topped $90 million, nearly triple that of the previous Labor Day weekend record holder. If anybody could do so, it, it's the MCU. Yeah. And Free Guy, which was another Disney-connected film, has garnered around $240 million globally since its August 13th debut, the fifth highest haul worldwide in 2021. So they've seen that people are willing to go back to the theaters, and they're not going to put these on streaming. Um, Here are the films it's going to impact immediately. Disney's new animated feature, Encanto. Uh, It's going to have a 30-day theatrical release before becoming available on Disney Plus on Christmas Eve. And then The Eternals, The Last Duel, Ron's Gone Wrong, West Side Story, and The King's Man will all have a minimum of 45 days of exclusivity in theaters before they're brought to Disney+. Plus. 
Spider-Man No Way Home is not included. It, it was not mentioned. And uh, I think there's a reason Sony for doesn't that. have its Sony doesn't have its own streaming platform. There you go. Um, but there have been whispers, unconfirmed, that this film could get pushed back a little bit. Don't push it back. Don't do it. Not and, ready for that. Well, we we talked before we started recording. If they do it, is it a good sign for Eternals? Are they starting to feel like Eternals is going to do better? Because Eternals drops in November, and the original date now for Spider-Man No Way Home is December. So you're only giving people a month or so. Mm -hmm. Do they feel that confident that Eternals is going to be a big movie, and so they're just going to push Spider-Man to January or whatever and i don't know i don't seeing a movie near christmas time is weird to me anyways i've never been one of those people that go to the movie theater in december much um january i feel like would be okay but i mean i will for mcu let's just be honest especially one of this caliber that yeah everyone's going to be talking about for weeks so i don't know i will we'll see what happens i i wouldn't be surprised if it was pushed back but they were waiting to see what the Shang-Chi numbers did. And I don't know how they're, how could be anything but disappointed, or but excited and ecstatic about the numbers, not disappointed. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I think their second weekend has done almost as good as their first, mm -hmm. which puts them close to 200 million worldwide. Right. So, and that's without China, because they, they didn't play the movie. So, they wouldn't play it. Mm hmm. You know, you know how it goes. All right. Well, like we've said, um, next week for next week's show, we're watching Psycho, the nineteen sixty Psycho. Still, still haven't gone to any of my movies yet. So it's weird. No, no, no it's yeah. <laughs> Releases this week. Um, actually, this past this past couple of days, Malignant came out. Um, a horror movie came out September 10th at the theaters and you can watch this on HBO Max I've heard so a lot Tyler's, of mixed reviews for that one I have to I know it's not the content you're going to be stabbing <laughs> to watch I'm, I, I, may, uh, I may watch this at some point hopefully this week and, uh, and just give my review next week oh, oh yeah I like that if you don't get hit with quadruple overtime again. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I don't miss it. All right, Chris. Some video games. I'm curious. Have you been playing anything? I know, again, like we were talking about, you were hit with overtime, but been playing anything fun? Anything? Uh, no, I've just been sticking to the usual. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not just, that that's not fun. Right. But it's, I'm the same thing. Destiny 2 has taken over my life once again. Nothing nothing new there. I played the new Fortnite event today that ended Season 7. And Season 8 launches here in 9, 10 hours from now. Um, but nothing nothing crazy. Now, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, I was real busy to get to watch a lot of TV because PlayStation had their big showcase of the year, finally. Everyone's been waiting for. 
Um, last week, if we did the podcast, I was going to talk about it coming up and what people were expecting. But since it's already happened, let's just get in and show you and tell you what happened in this showcase. Let me get to the top. All right. We're on uh, gamesradar.com. This is by Sam Loveridge and Leon Hurley. So uh, we got about 40 minutes of show. The first was shown off. The Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake for PlayStation 4, a uh, PlayStation 5 and PC. It's a timed exclusive, so about a year after it will come to Xbox. Project Eve was announced. That's a big bayonet of feel to the Project Eve's incredible-looking shiny figure apocalypse. It's a game full of massive weapons and even bigger combos and moves as you battle the horror of show of monsters. It's all tentacles and openings with skittering eldritch things and monstrous hulking demons as you fight back into fist back, forth blows, parries, and dodges. Uh, not really my kind of game. I've never got into those types, but it looks good. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, of course, in the Borderlands series, comes out March 25th, 2022. I will be playing it for Spoken. Uh, although the trailer was almost overshadowed by the glorious cat at the beginning, we also got a fantastic look at the gameplay she expected for Spoken. Our heroine goes from a commute on a bus to discovering a portal that warps her to a majestic castle. Before she knows it, she's got a giant golden cuff talking to her. Magic powers are suddenly gifted to her from a powerful leap, grapple-style move, and more. It's all go It's all go and forsaken. It's coming in spring 2022. Again, spring 2022, I'm going to go broke. Uh, February in this particular... Oh, Chris, I meant to tell you. Um, so everyone uh, doesn't want to judge me real quick. So, Horizon Forbidden West is coming out in February. They finally announced pre-orders. I bought the Collector's Edition for $200. So, almost bought the Regalia Edition, which is everything you can have. But that one was $260. I was like, I'm going to draw the line at $200 here. But I get the Collector's Box, the steel book, a statue, like two different statues, and some in-game stuff. But it's okay. I already told my wife I was going to. I said, whatever the collector's edition is, I'm buying it. I don't care the price. Because that, you know, one of my favorite video games of all time. So. Should have just gone for that extra 60 at that point. Well, it didn't really come with much nah. more. But, you know, anyways. Next up, we had Rainbow Six Extraction. More uh, footage was shown from it. We finally got the announcement of Alan Wake has, is being remastered coming to PlayStation. Of course, it was a game, an Xbox exclusive when it first came out. And the remaster is dropping October 5th, so only a couple weeks away. I have heard about this game. A little creepy horror style, but I am going to buy it. It's coming to Xbox as well, so I'm just going to buy it there. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V got pushed back for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series until next year of spring. Nobody knows why this is still a big thing while we're talking about it three generations later. Ghostwire Tokyo. It's hard to get a read on exactly what to Ghostwire Tokyo is. It looks great, but appears to be a strange mix of first, fast first-person shooter action with Japanese folklore and ghosts that sees you battling an unpleasant range of Slenderman-type enemies, creepy ghost nuns and skull children, and yokai-inspired monsters. There are also a few brief glimpses of what appear to be more traditional horror moments that suggest a crazy mix of scary shooter action. Again, yes, it's horror-y scary. doesn't look like my kind of game. Uh, not a lot of these games really grabbed me until the end. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy got a little bit, uh, a little bit more trailers for it. Remember, reminder, it arrives on October 26th. We got a little bit more Blood Hunt uh, announcement trailer, a little bit more stuff there. Deathloop for the 19th time, if you're unaware of it. It comes out September 14th, which is this week. Um, so if you're not sold on it, maybe that sold you on it for the 19th time. 
Kid Amnesia, Epic Games, and a band Radiohead are, and band Radiohead are partnering up for an interactive experience called Kid Amnesia. Like it's weird because Kid space A space Amnesia. It's really weird. It's not entirely clear of what exactly it looks like to experience, but it's described as an upside-down digital analog universe created from original artwork and recordings to commemorate 21 years of Radiohead's Kid Am Kids A and Amnesiac. It's coming to PlayStation 5 in November 2021. Uh, Chia was announced. I'm not even going to go into that. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection was announced uh, for early 2022. And packages Uncharted 4 The Thieves in and spin-off Uncharted The Lost Legacy with remastered graphics. And this is when we get to the exciting shit, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we get to the good stuff. So PlayStation Studios came out. Herman Hulse said, you know, here's what we're looking forward to. Here's some more things we've got coming out. We get hit with our first Marvel's Wolverine. Nobody knew this was coming from Insomniac. Of course, these are the ones that have Spider-Man and Ratchet and Clank. And it looks phenomenal. Of course, just a little graphic, but I believe in anything Insomniac does. And I thought this is the only thing we're going to get from the show. Again, crazy moment. If you have not seen this, please rewatch this. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 showed off a bit more. Didn't give us a release date until the trailer, until the PlayStation blog later for March 2022. Don't know why they don't just show the release date, but they didn't. But the biggest thing that stole the show here for me was Spider-Man 2. Of course, it was rumored, but we just got Miles Morales in late 2020. So we were like, oh, surely we're not going to get Spider-Man 2 news. But no, 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 no. We did. Um, we're going to the, the post here. There are many layers to Spider-Man 2's first trailer. It shows the game will see both Peter and Miles teaming up to fight crime, but more <coughs> excuse me, but more importantly, it finally confirmed that Venom will be in the game after his credit tease in the original game. Perhaps more interestingly, he might be playable and join up with the more heroic Spider duo. The Russian the Russian voiceover in the trailer talks of finding quote someone uh, someone who could beat me unquote and has Craven the Hunter written all over it. Is he hunting spider people for sport? Forcing all web, hoods, web heads good and evil to team up. We'll only find out when the game arrives in 2023. I see this one being the fall game uh, of that year. Because they always have the... You get your spring, your summer, then your fall, typically. Uh, PlayStation does. Spider-Ham. Yeah, Spider-Ham. We'll see. <laughs> and then the biggest thing at the very end was the God of War Ragnarok. We got the final... Uh, we got the trailer for it. We got gameplay for this one. We got a whole slew of stuff. And this is supposed to come out in 2022. I see this coming out in fall of next year. And that is it for video game news. It was a very big PlayStation showcase. Uh, very well done. And I'm really excited for everything that's coming out next year. Um, Noble new releases. Again, this is from September 6th through September 19th. So there's a lot. So keep up here. We're here with me. Sonic Colors Ultimate came out September 7th. Life is Strange True Colors came out September 10th. NBA 2K22 came out September 10th. Tales of Arise September 10th. WarioWare Get It Together September 10th. Fortnite Season 8 comes out this upcoming September 3rd. Deathloop September 14th. Honey, I Joined a Cult September 14th. And Where the Heart Leads for PlayStation 4 is on September 14th. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been an hour and a half of you 
of our show of the Nerdwide Podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, make sure you go to make sure you rate us and review us. Whatever podcasting service you're using. If you're on YouTube watching us, make sure you leave us a thumbs up and a good comment. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like, what we can do better. What did you think of Shang-Chi? Did you watch uh, Freaks? Did you watch Screams? Do you have any fond memories of Screams growing up as a child? Let us know what your favorite Halloween movie is as we're going into this as well. Uh, social media, you can follow Nerdwide account at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes and Chris at MavTN7. If you like Facebook, you can follow Nerdwide.com. That's where you can find us there on Facebook as well. And this has been this week's Nerdwide podcast, episode 40. It was jam-packed. We should be back. I should be hopefully healthy next week so we can have a little bit more fun, a little bit more energy brought to you. But guys, stay safe, wear a mask, get vaccinated, and we will see you next week.